What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brothers Podcast. Give it up for yourselves. Because in a world full of hate, who's going to do it for you? I'm your host, Dante Chase Bridges, a.k.a. Dante Chase Bridges. Never needed an a.k.a. Along with my co-host, Steven City P. Watson. And together, that makes us the brothers. Did you almost kind of... Uh, can I ask a question? Did you almost kind of like timed out the fact that you were kind of used leading off today? No, no, I was going with the music. Oh, okay. and you I was playing so with the music. One, two, three. So I'll be vibing okay. like that. You okay, know how I, I do. Make sure. But anyway, man, All you right. know we going into a slapper of a topic. Put that hand up, go foul. Slapper of a topic because like we dealing domestic. with something. It's like domestic assault. Boy. Domestic assault on the goddamn topic. Yes. Because okay. we dealing with an issue that we all see. We all grew up. We all see it. Who work? You see it there. Who go to a club? You see it there. Who go to Applebee's? Who go to TGIF? Who go to Cooper Hall? You been I'm curious? Sure You've seen it. Hey, I go to Cooper Hall all the time. Right? I know you do, man. Yes, You're a Cooper Hall fiend now. Yes. But before we do all that, yes, we got to get into a little bit of something we call Town Hall Business. City P, you got something for me? Well, first and foremost, shout out to our residential DJ JMC in the building. Yo, yo. We over here yeah. handling some business on the side. Uh, shout outs to our usual uh, representatives, iHeartRadio. Uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, WIAN Internet Radio in Memphis, Tennessee. Shout outs to y'all, definitely. Spotify. Shout out to all providers that have been picking up our podcast. We appreciate the love and support. We thank you for that. We also want to shout out the new people who have liked us. We have had an influx of new people that have come and liked, we followed sure the do. page, and we got and we appreciate the love and support. We hope we can hit y'all with something new, something real, and something raw every time. We're doing this for y'all. We want to spread the word. Who you got? Man, I got somebody, man. Very influential couple of dudes, man. Shout out to the Brothers Podcast because we got a thing called a event popping off. When is that event going on, bro? It is going on around new... Oh, which one? Not that one. Yours. Oh, the reunion. The reunion, man. We got something. This is something for all the fans that we've had back in the day. So the idea behind this is, you ever had a time when you're going out to the club and you got something you call club friends? <laughs> well, that's what we're doing. It's called the reunion. We're trying to get all our club friends back together just for the one time. We don't do it often. We're too old sometimes. That's right. That's right. And according to 2011, I have to say this phrase, show up and show out. Yeah. But some of y'all ain't gonna show up because we ain't got babysitters no more. No, nah, that's true. Everybody but we will try to get, make it the best effort to get as many people involved to show up and show out. But nonetheless, this is a private function yes. because we're doing it for at least, what, let's say, between 15 and 30 people. So yes. this is not necessarily a public event. Yes. It's gonna be an event of reminiscing. We love together. that. And we want y'all to come out and show up. Breezy, no, we're not morphing time. It's not morphing time. What the hell is. He's been watching a lot of Power Rangers lately. I ain't even think Scorpions act like that. We do act like that. We, but we undercover. Watch, we secretly. You don't watch Power Rangers? Of course I do, but oh, I ain't going to say it, though. I haven't watched any new shit, though. No, I ain't seen it, but I know they got some new stuff coming out. I know they do, but I haven't watched it yet. I don't know why I have time for But shout out to everything that is going on with the Brothers Podcast. Like I said, man, uh, you know, we rounding up the year, man. This has been one hell of a year for us, man. We got off the ground, but we hit that mud rolling. Yes, we have. And like my bro said, we appreciate everybody that's been tuning in, supporting what we do, man. Like we always say, this is a movement, and we're moving. So, yeah, we are. Uh, 2019 going to be a hell of a year, man. We got multiple, 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 tens of 20 of events is popping off, man. Yes. And we just want to make y'all in tune of what we're doing. And the one thing that the underlining thing towards everything we do, this is about awareness. So, we're doing this stuff for the community. So people can be aware of black topics, be aware of black plight, be aware of how the millennials, the leaders of the new generation is feeling about certain things, man. So this is an interactive type of thing, man. So we appreciate all the support we get when y'all be chiming in, giving y'all opinions. And this is what breeds interesting conversation, man. You got something else, CDP, man? Um... Took all the words out of my mouth. I'm done. We're done right there. Man, I think we need to get into something that you like to call. Okay. 
What's going on? What's really good out here? What's going on? What's really good out Tell here? Tell me what's going on. So, in case you haven't noticed our post, we had a little post on the page. I kind of said, let's talk about that. Sure did. We had the top 10 of America's most wealthiest people. And very interestingly, there was two people on that list that really drew the most attention. And that was Jay-Z and Kylie Jenner. Jay-Z and Kylie Jenner. Why did Kylie Jenner and Jay-Z become synonymous? Because both of them tied for the most net worth value at $900 million. So the question rose was... How exactly is Kylie Jenner worth now the same amount as Jay-Z but didn't even put in half the amount of work that Jay-Z has done in order to Because it's work? not about quantity, it's about quality. quality. But what exact quality does Kylie Jenner have? Well, see, she tapped right into the main source instead of taking that 20-year route that mm-hmm. Jay-Z did. You're dealing with somebody that's tapping into the economic pipeline of the United States, which is white women. Yes. With money, dispensable money, compensatory money to give. And they are buying her products. They are buying her her logo. They're buying her. And, you know, like what they say, uh, Kylie Jenner is one of the most influential people. I didn't say this. But this is according to, you know, popular opinion. Kylie Jenner is one of the most influential people on social media to date. And that's screwed up because that shows that that list is very small. It's very small. But see, that's the reason why you're getting this right here, man. You're getting somebody, you got to realize Jay-Z is in a box. And what I mean by that is, although Jay-Z has a net worth of what they say, 900 million. Yeah. You sure that's net worth? Because that's a lot of net worth. I think they based it off of net worth because, I mean, his companies could be worth more than that, but not necessarily him. 900 million is a lot of net worth. I'm going to go ahead and say he's probably worth you know, when you build up all this capital and all yeah. this, if, you know, you liquidate his stuff, his assets and all that type of stuff, he's yeah. probably worth 900 But, you know, I don't think he's netting. <laughs> no, not I don't think he's netting. He's, just, he's not netting that. Does that mean that he'll be grossing more than a billion something? And we're talking yeah. about a tax bracket that don't even exist when you get into that one. Yeah. So, what's that? Well, Hope ain't got yeah. no more money in the car. Yes, he does. How you feel good? Because Forbes don't count Coke money. You know what? You know what? Jay Z got one hundred and fifty-seven thousand dollars worth of coke money right now. <laughs> that's what that's in his pocket right now. In a sock in Bed Stuy, Brooklyn. Hey, that's. Well, I wish I had one hundred fifty-seven thousand dollars in a uh, sock in Bed Stuy. I, I would fly. I would personally fly out there for it. But you know something, man? It's it's one topic that I really want to talk about, man, because it was dealing with something that happened after. Uh, one of the best wins that I didn't see out of the Bears. Woo! And I wish we could just talk about the Bears game, but this well, actually well, happened. For one, take take two minutes to talk about it real quick. Let's take the two Bears minutes. slaughtering everybody. Yes, Whooping let's talk about this because we specific, pro because we specifically took down the Green Bay Packers. You do not understand how important, how beautiful, how much of it was almost orgasmic how that happened. It was. I'm sorry. Well, look. When the Bears won and they they beat the Packers. Okay. Would you calm down? Listen. (laughs) When the Bears beat the Packers. Can't believe I'm sitting on this couch. Did you watch it in here? No. Actually, (laughs) I I didn't have that time for it. But when the Bears beat the Packers, I swear I'm a tear almost ran down my eye. I was like, this is. (laughs) We have been waiting for quite some time to decisively beat these motherfuckers. Like, We've waited a good long time. <laughs> and when that happened, I've never seen Aaron Rodgers so mad. I've never seen Aaron Rodgers so frustrated. Well, he doesn't have a coach anymore. I've never seen Aaron Rodgers so butthurt. And it made us put a smile they on him. They was him. getting in his ass. They was getting, <laughs> he has a reason he to was, butthurt. You ever been sacked with, your, with somebody else's back? No. Remember the Khalil Mack with the back sack? They called it the back sack. Oh, back sack. When he, when he got pushed around, he still pushed himself backwards enough to ran to Aaron Rodgers and sacked him. Well, this is going to be a shameless plug. Even though I was an all-city football player in, in high school, uh, I never uh, did a back sack before. Shameless plug. Shout out to Khalil Mack. If you heard about me saying that, I don't know what to say about it. 
I guess you didn't teach you back sacks and all when you do Austin? No, I was just racking up sacks. Just racking up sacks. Uh, What's your record? Scholarships. Uh, I have no idea, man. I you don't even remember your record? 16? I have no idea. Man, you better know your. This is some shit you usually supposed to know right off the top of your head. I played Ironman football. I didn't just play uh, defensive end. I played linebacker. I played offensive tackle. I played uh, kick kick return. I was on the field. I never came off the field, so I didn't keep up with things. I was just trying to win the game. Man, you need to know something. That's why I was all city. Yeah. All star games, north south. Y'all remember that Chicago north south game? I'm sorry if I. Are you done shameless for fucking this Okay. This is our this is our Tariq Cohen over here. Apparently, I appreciate myself. This is our defensive Tariq Cohen over here. But anyway, man, there was something that happened at the end of that game. There was something. There was something that definitely happened. Now there was a moment that occurred. Uh, Lyman Charles Leno Jr. proposed to his girlfriend at the time. Popped the question right there on the field after the game, after the win. Mm-hmm. And for those who don't know, Charles Leno's now new fiance is white. A black athlete engaged to a white woman. I would have never thought that should happen. Really? You, we would have never thought. We absolutely would have never thought. That was crazy. That's out of this world, despite the fact it's been happening over the last three decades. But anyway, the issue that has arisen from this, because, you know, social media always keeps receipts of everyone, apparently, because you got to know who the fuck you're dealing with. Why? Ask Kevin Hart. But this young lady apparently had quite a bit of a mouth on her on social media on Twitter a couple of years back when she dropped a couple of tweets with the dropping some M bombs in them, mm-hmm. reciting lyrics that had the N word in it, mm-hmm. and quoting rappers and making puns with the N word in it. She actually said something that was kind of funny. You know when when stuff just you know you know it's racist, you know mm-hmm. it's bad, but it, it'd be funny. She said something about uh, she was like, why do all black girls got ghetto names? And then she was like, Mercedes. No, no, she was like, why all black girls got names that they can't afford? Like Mercedes. Well, that's black people. No, she was talking about black women. She was oh, like, why do black women got names they can't afford? She was like, Mercedes, oh. Lexus, no car insurance. Oh. <laughs> that was petty as hell. Even though that was funny. <laughs> All right, there was three levels to that. I was like, I can't believe that was, that shit was hilarious. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, there was, there was three levels to, to that. First of all, one, it was petty. <laughs> that was two, it was funny. That was funny. <laughs> but three, in fact, it was a white girl cracking a joke about black women. She's a brave, brave, brave individual to do that. Now, the one thing that I want to know is, Charles Leno, I'm pretty sure he knew this beforehand. I wonder what went through his mind when he was, uh, not even proposing, let's just back up. When he was thinking that he was going to wife a woman that had some racist habits, mm-hmm. if you want to call it that. Like, what was the psychology of this man to keep on going forward? Or is it a situation of, even though I'm being racist, I can still have your back and I can still love Because that doesn't make sense to me. Well, we're going to try to dig into that because that correlates with our topic today. Yes, it does. Interracial dating. Mm-hmm. Exactly. How far do we go? How far do we go with this? Because the Leto situation has brought an interesting conversation about the parameters of how far uh, someone of, I guess, our race, case point being black, can interact with someone outside of our race. Now, here's the thing, though. Now, that can be tricky, too, because we know you can often get vilified for that. Especially in the black community, depending on who you're dating. As you already can tell, there's quite a bit of backlash from Leno Jr. already proposing to a white woman. Because, you know, black Twitter always keeps track of that. Oh, another black athlete marrying a white girl. Wow. Why am I not surprised by that? Let me ask you a real question about this whole situation so we can frame this whole workings that's going on here. What's up? What is your view on interracial dating, specifically black and white? My honest opinion is you date who the hell you want to date. It really doesn't make, to me personally, it really makes no difference. Detail, go in, go deeper. 
Because in the essence is that you, I've learned a long time ago that people are going to make decisions for themselves no matter who or what tells them anything. Especially with the person they're dealing with. Especially with their significant others. So, if you by some chance choose a significant other that is not like me. If, I, if, you're, if, you're, if there's a black woman that chooses a white man who's honestly not like me. Doesn't dress like me. Doesn't talk like me. Doesn't act like me. If that's your preference, I'm not going to hold that against you. But I will say this. There is somehow, there's always going to be an underlying layer of judgment. It's always going to be there. It's not going to ever go away. There's always going to be an underlying judgment of what did it take for you to get to this point to decide that you had to go outside the race to find happiness? Were you not happy within your race? Did we not live up to that quota? Did we not live up to that mindset that you wanted? As someone just said so eloquently inside of the chat room that maybe it's not even that. You just love who you love. So maybe I didn't go outside to find it. Maybe it was just attracted to me. That's why I've also said that, and that's what brings me back to the original point. I really don't care. If you like them, you like them. The business is just, I know there's a lot of people who might disagree with that, but this is just me personally. You like them, you like them. And let me ask you a question. Because we said the word dating. Yes. So, exactly what would dating mean for you? What is dating? Well, let's talk about what dating in a nutshell is. Dating is getting to know somebody on a more personal level while still maintaining some level of freedom that you're willing to move around. Mm-hmm. See, dating, see, I keep telling people all the time there's layers to dating. Not really dating, relationships, marriage. You go, the old saying goes, you're only single until you're married. <laughs> Which is kind of the way the mantra is the dating game nowadays. So, if you take into account what that means, that means no matter what it is, there's always going to be a factor of an outside person coming in no matter what your relationship is with anybody else. Until there is a marriage, you're always going to find someone else that could possibly fit a mold better than the one you have right so what you feel is dating is this is where I'm getting kind of hung up on okay. so are you saying that dating is getting to know someone or is dating like the prerequisite toward relationship which is the prerequisite toward some marriage like what is the framework because you know um, I guess in a vacuum that you can get to know anyone you want to but what is the framework towards this? Because if I date someone, am I just, you know, doing it for sexual pleasure? Am I doing it for a romantic pleasure if I'm doing it because I'm bored? Or am I trying to build a family? Now, well, see, now that's not well, what you described. That's not considered just dating. Now you're just messing around. You, that's, I don't really consider that dating. Well, because, the, uh, because they serve, I'm sorry, because they serve a specific purpose. Now you're just having somebody in your life to serve a significant purpose. They're not really doing anything else other than that. Which means, if that's the case, you might as well just have sex with them and then tell them to go on about their business. Well, I don't know too many things. You know, uh, of course, there's aberrations to the rule. But most relationships start off by dating. So Mm -hmm. if you're being frivolous by just being in relationships, well, dating, per Mm -hmm. se... And you just feel to each his own, whoever, have at it, do what you want to do. And there's no rules, no structure to it, no understanding of why we're doing it in the first place. I feel like that can lead to some pretty um, pretty toxic situations. It could lead to some, but that's why you also, that's why you also, in a nutshell, I think also it could play it to a level of your emotional availability to it. Hmm. Okay, we talking about dating now, but let's just talk about more dating black and white. Okay, so why is it so much different now? And this is something that I feel like, as far as our race is concerned, because I know you're going to go into the historical process, but I'm going to deal with the more. No, I'm not. You're the historian here. I'm chilling. Okay, you're the historian, but I know I know how you are. I know how you are. You're going to go into the historical process, but I'm chilling. Y'all don't know why you got it. Aren't you hot? Not really. Okay. Coming outside, it's fairly 
my warm like 47 degrees outside. Man. Yeah, it's summer. Surprisingly outside in, in December. December, it's 47 <laughs> degrees in Chicago. This is December right here. I don't this know. Crazy. This is weird. Like, I'm worried about this. It's going to be a blizzard coming. Anyway. Thank you, Ed. Thanks. I was your buzzkill right there. All right. I was ignorantly pleasant about everything. Yeah, and so he has some room about it. What's the snow <laughs> You are like the biggest buzzkill out of anybody. I'm just letting you know what the weather told me. They be lying. It might not snow. Yeah. I just don't want you to cut off guard. Black and white. Go at it. <laughs> well, no, it's all getting away. Yeah, we, it's black and white around here as far as weather's concerned. But um, as far as... Black and white. I don't know. This is an interesting thing about this because I even I will have to admit this. There is a specific type of very an enthusiastic attraction enthusiastic. for a more emphasis for a black man in essence to date outside of the race. I've noticed. Well, no, 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 not exactly. In, well, not so much in our community, but someone of a higher stature. Okay. I've noticed that. Like in case in point, Charles Leno. He's a black, a black athlete who we could say, safe to say, has a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Very well to do. So, a black athlete does not often take a black woman as somebody he will be romantic with or long term commitment with. Mm-hmm. What did he say? Now this nigga Brandon is studying astrology. He's just he's, he, I, he well, just really started down. He said, I got so. my women from Mars. Okay. <laughs> he's really uh we need he's really okay. taking a right. from at this point. Appreciate Brand, it. Brandon, we need you to clarify <laughs> that because if you just okay, whatever. Anyway, um for the fact of a man of his stature would choose a woman of a different race, what can we really say about that? Now I broke it down to a way of saying that. It could also be sort of like financially satisfying. Because let's say for this for instance, for you to meet a woman like that, it's safe to, I guess you kinda, you know, by stereotypical ways, say she's more well off than you think she is. Well, actually it's it's a little bit more easier than that. So when mm-hmm. you're dealing with these athletes, especially these top athletes that make it to the pro level, mm-hmm. it's not about high status, it's about proximity. And the reason why I say that is because, first of all, if you are a pro athlete, what'd you say? Melissa's being really shallow. What'd she say? As long as, as, long as, as you're cute, cute, your race means nothing to me. So, I mean, there's nothing else. Just back. Melissa, really? Mm-hmm. So, if they're cute, your race don't matter to you, huh? Like, what if they're like a dirtbag? What if they're like a womanizer? What if they're like, you know, a piece of shit? Cute-ass East Indian dude come with the dot on his head, Matthew. Yeah. That don't mean that as long as they cute, huh? As long as it's cute. The level of vanity that women show every <laughs> single day. Go ahead, I'm sorry. This is the thing right here. It's all about proximity. When you're dealing with these athletes, man, nine times out of ten, they've went to a PWI. And for those that don't know, that's predominantly white, white institutions. institutions. And nine times out of ten, the only black people that's there is some Africans, 17 black people, and the rest is made out of the sports teams. So a lot of these athletes, the people that they choose from is the people that are closest to them, which are a lot of white women. So women, especially women that are going to predominantly white institutions, and this is something that we got to address. Sometimes white women tend to date for different reasons as, as far as to set themselves up than black women. White women are dating and going to college to find a man. Sometimes black women fall into the rut of going to college to not have to need a man. So when you're dealing with these white women that are going to these PWIs, looking at these top prospects that could go to the NBA, NFL, you have a breeding ground of women that are going to be submissive, that are going to want to latch on to these black athletes. And although their family might have a problem when dealing with the black and white, one thing and one color that's going to stand out more is going to be green. green. (laughs) And so that's one of the bigger reasons why you see a lot of these white women with these black athletes. And another thing, when you go into these, um, I don't know if, you know, we've all probably went to a sporting event, but if you go to like a Bulls game or a Wolves game, a Bears game, 
and you see women, right, in the stands, the women that are closest to the court is usually Caucasian women. And no, I'm I'm dead serious. This is something that really happens. It's it, when you go to like I've been to several, several, several Bulls games, yeah. and when you're just surveying the audience, you're going to see a lot of Caucasian women, and they're going to be just sully around the court where the uh, basketball players are playing, and it's not because of coincidence. Um, like I said, the white woman especially if she's in a situation where she's trying to find a husband. That's why I was emphasizing what is dating and why are you dating? When a white woman is trying to find a husband, she is trying to find someone that is the highest bidder. And who is the highest bidder than a black athlete whose intellect can be malleable? Meaning that she can persuade him to do what she feels. Uh, Not because all athletes are stupid, but a lot of times you're dealing with uh, an athlete, especially a top athlete that came from a impoverished neighborhood. The reason that he got in is because his athletic prowess. And he wasn't afforded the ability to really focus on intellect because he was at school making $50 million for the uh, college. So they see this. And they go after this. And this is the reason why you see most of these black top flight athletes with white women. Now, this is what I say. You got something to say about Yeah, that? I was going to say. Well, go ahead. What are you going to say? No, this is what I say. So, a lot of times when people say comments like, you love who you love. Um, I have to honestly take that with a grain of salt. Uh, because one thing that I feel is sometimes black men and black women, sometimes, not all the time, we stop dating on purpose and for a purpose. We actually think it's a game out here. <laughs> we, we think it's Boy, a game. It's one hell of a game. We think it's free love and prosperity out here, and you have a lot of other ethnicities that is dating for the specific purpose of keeping money within their family. Right. And if they ain't got money, they're going to marry into someone, aka black athlete, that has money so they can bring money into their families. And I believe. What we don't understand is a lot of the times when you deal with black women, the black woman, if she dates a white man, although she might be okay as far as financially, she is not going to take the money from that white man and bring it back to the black community. But that white woman is nine times out of 10 marrying that black athlete and just by the court system, taking money back into her community into her family, into her two, $300,000 a month child support check. Yeah. So you have to understand, although it's cool to say that you love who you love, you date who you date, I don't care, it's cool. Uh, people are dating with purposes of bringing wealth to their race, and you're dating with the purpose of just having a one-night stand or thinking it's a good feeling for a couple of months. You gotta really think about it. Because bringing up what he also talked about, because you know, it's funny because a white woman, especially, will tolerate a marriage no matter how aloof or how uh, possibly spaced out or possibly moving around that their black athlete husband might do. Mm-hmm. They'll tolerate that for that 10 year of that prenup. Even if it's a prenup, they'll tolerate that for a 10 year. So once that prenup is up. <laughs> Well, it's time for that divorce to go ahead, so I'm taking half of everything you own. Thank you for wasting my time. You have a good day. You have a good rest of your life. And um, like I say, one person that we, in particular, that I can think of offhand is somebody, Scotty Pippen. Yeah. Scotty Pippen married someone that is now taking him to court and basically going to sue him for everything he's worth. Yeah. Now, the only aberrations to the rule is one person that I can think of, and I'm going to give a shout out to this one. Uh, Russell Wilson. Russell, <laughs> Russell, Russell Wilson <laughs> Russell Wilson left his white girl mm-hmm. to go get him some chocolate yeah. or some caramel because Sierra's Sierra about my yeah, color yeah. one shade darker and you know we do really appreciate that but you know even though that's a joke the bigger issue is when you're dating 
you're not dating in a vacuum, meaning you're not dating and there's no consequences. There is context to a white man dating a black woman and a black woman dating a white man. And as much as you may try to run away from it, if you live in the United States, you're going to run smack dab into it. We have situations like this new play coming out called Slave Play. I don't know if everybody has seen it. Where a black actor, actually the woman that's on Survivor's Remorse, I don't know if y'all watched that, or in, she was in Chirac. She was the main girl in Chirac. She's doing a Broadway play with a white man, and she is a slave mistress, right, that shakes her butt and gyrates in order for the white man to get aroused so master can come and have sex with her. And they are kind of angling it as a love story without even taking in consideration a historical context. So the thing that bothers me about the situation is love is love. But do you understand the narrative that they're painting with their love, which they're taking money out of the black community? And we ain't got that much like that. While you're just taking out love and then being left. Do you understand that? There, there are game rules to this free love thing. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the Caucasian is getting the upper hand. So what do you really think? And if, well, if you're oblivious to it, it's okay. You know, a lot of people don't want to think about it. But well, if you really think about it. Well, I'm going to take it from different on the other side of the aspect. And to quickly comment on someone who said, well, more people should be polyamorous than that. And then the issue with polyamory is that I've said this before, and I've said this before on a relationship roundtable, as far as, you know, young black men and black women in this community nowadays, and I've meant what I said this, you're not emotionally capable of handling that. Because you weren't raised and nurtured to handle that correctly. So polyamory may actually be a worst case scenario because now you're just adding on to the problem. Mm-hmm. Can't handle one woman, so you're gonna try and handle multiple. <laughs> Not gonna work. But to the point of the black athlete, the male athlete. Now let's look. I'm trying to. I'm gonna give you my best actual representation of what a black male athlete would probably think of in this situation when marrying a white woman. And this is something that's going to probably be a hard pill to swallow. For a black man to marry a white woman, what they see, and this will be honest with you, more of, of a docile, more of a supporter, a support system, more of a st- stability in the household. They're going to look at somebody who's going to be more well off financially. They're going to be looking at somebody who is going to be, and I guess for the lack of a better word, obedient. Because obedience goes a long way for a black athlete. <laughs> it, you've seen it all over. With Jordan, with Pippen, with Kobe, with Barry Sanders, with uh, Adrian Peterson. Black athletes have a tendency to want obedience in the household. And let's be honest, we love our black women, but black women have a tendency to be as more combative in situations no matter what the money scale is. I gotta give you a little pushback on one thing you what said. Because it's not that I don't I disagree with you, but I'm just coming from a, a different angle with it. I believe that like I've always said, there is some game rules to a lot of time the reason why white women date black men or black athletes. And uh, one of the game rules is they're trying to get more than just love out of the situation. They're trying to get wealth or transfer wealth to themselves. The one thing that the black woman does have for her is nine times out of ten, if she's in that situation, it is for love in a sense. Mm -hmm. So the white woman, although she's being submissive, although she's being obedient, although she's being all of those things that you'll say docile, Mm -hmm. there is an ulterior motive for that. I was going to get to that. Which is the wealth and the money. I was going to get to that. And it's... Soon, soon as you want to hear, yeah, I was going to get to that, but like I said, like you just said, there was an ulterior motive. But the problem is, the thing is, 
or a white woman, they're willing to play that ulterior motive for as they're willing to play that role for that black male athlete for as long as it takes. Until, like I said, that prenup comes up. <laughs> when that prenup comes up, they will gladly take their cut and leave without an issue. Because remember, as much as you do, even if you may have done the littlest, you've been loyal, you could have been faithful, you couldn't have been honorable for lack of a better word, it don't matter to them. Mm-hmm. It only takes one moment and one incident to say, I'm walking away. But you know what? We got 10, 11 years in. That prenup is up. So I'll just take half of what you want and we'll go on. Because that's how it always been. Like I said, a white woman is willing to make that sacrifice for the long-term, bigger picture. For black women, I honestly couldn't say they were willing to do that. Because they are, like you said, they're based more on that aspect of emotional love. They, they want, they want, they're more so into the idea of love than they are in for the financial wealth. However, they will look at it possibly as a financial come up. Mm-hmm. It's possible. But the thing is, they're oftentimes, well, a black woman, as far as what a black athlete, will play themselves out of a position just enough for a black athlete to kind of catch on. <laughs> so they understand and to be like, you know what, I can't do this and I'm going to bounce out. So by that time, they have found a way out and got out of that situation long before she even comes up with anything. Case in point, Dwayne Wade and his baby mama. Okay. Dwayne Wade is a prime example. Mary was dating his childhood sweetheart. They had two kids. They got divorced. She got a settlement. He took custody of the kids. He bounced. She got what little the abundant compensation she got, and then it ran out completely. So he found in some aspect an escape plan because somehow, some way, she played herself out of her position. Just enough that she may have got something, but she didn't get everything. Mm-hmm. So that's why, and, not, and that's why you saw the whole case about a couple of years ago when he came back here to Chicago, came in Chicago, that she tried to go back in court and file for a new suit to get more money. And the judge told her basically no. Sure it just say like, no, you already the kids are in his custody. You don't, you're not entitled to any more spousal support. You're on your own. I got another thing to say about this. Okay. Um, and this is something that I don't know if everybody know, but being that I've been on all walks of life. I mean, I've been to the HBCU. I've been to the predominantly white institution. I've been in a room where there's been 57 uh, white people and I was the only raisin in the rice bowl. And I've been in a room where it's been 14, 15, 20 black people and it was only one white person. So as far as the dynamic of race coming together, you know, I, you know, I've seen it damn near my whole life. I went to Every school that I basically went to was an interracial school. Not interracial, but it was most, right. it, was, it was multicultural. Um, the reason why I said that is this one thing that I don't know if most people are aware of. And this is why we need to paint the context of black-white relationships. A lot of times when white men date black women... They are dating them for a rite of passage. Now, what I mean by that is, it's like an unwritten rule. And, you know, if you were cool with a couple of, you know, people and they really gave you what they really talk about. It's like an unwritten rule in the white community that before a white man dies, he has to have sex with a black woman. And a lot of times, not only do they go out and they get that black woman in the United States, they might fly over to Africa. They might go to another country. They might go to Brazil. They might go to different places in order to do that conquest of having sex with that black woman. Why do I say that? Yeah. The one thing you have to understand, and this might be a tough pill to swallow, but intergenerationally when it deals with white men dating black women white men date black women for objectification not for love most of the time Mm 
And although you might see someone say, well, that's not true. There's aberrations to every rule on earth. But there is a culture within white society, especially with white men, to date black women not for love, but for the mere fact of having sex like a conquest Mm -hmm. of a black woman, even if it may go into a relationship. I've seen it all the time. I remember when I was at University of Minnesota, I would see, uh, case in point, I had a, a roommate. He uh, was in a relationship with a girl, a black girl, an African girl. She got pregnant. And when she told, when he, when she told him he was pregnant, she was pregnant, this dude completely disappeared out of her life. Three months later, come to find out the reason he disappeared is because he told her, I cannot have a baby with a black woman. My family will disown me. I did not want to have a baby with you. I was only in it because sexual conquest and it led to more. Uh This is what he was saying. And I hate to tell you, that's not an aberration to the rule. Like I said, that's a culture. So one thing you have to understand, yeah, you're going to love who you love. But there are some other insidious, meaning there are some other things that's going on with interracial dating, specifically black men, I mean white men, black women, that if you really knew the get down of it, Mm -hmm. it will turn your stomach as black women. So you have to understand the context of all this type of stuff, you know. Well, I will, I will, I will go a little bit on the other side for the black women that I feel like they may be aware of that. So you don't see that type of dynamic between white men and black women as far as dating or relationships often. I will say that. So I think they kind of figured that out. But I think for I I think I said I think I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but I think I don't see it often. From my perspective. So I kind of will kind of go with black women made me more aware. Now, on the flip side, when it comes to black men and white women, and it's not, we're not going to try, I'm not trying not to dive, delve so much with black men and white women, but you know, that's the core of this whole argument. Black men, when it comes to white women, there's also, I think that applies more for a white woman, more for a sexual fantasy being fulfilled when it comes to dating a black man. Because let's be honest, I mean, there, I think there was a, a study that came out. There was like I think 86 to 88 percent of white women. A uh, study of 1,000 white women said 86 to 88 percent of them said that they have at one point engaged or had sexual fantasies about a black man. So let me stop you right there. Okay. And this is the reason why I'm stopping. Okay. Because when I talked about black women and white men, the word I used was objectification, yeah. meaning that the, the the white man is objectifying the black woman eight times out of ten, using her for her sex, using her as a conquest. Now, what you just told me is that not only is it on the white man's side, but the white woman actually uses the black man as a fetish and for sexual objectification. So, one more other thing. Let's switch in on the black's perspective. A lot of the times, if a black woman is with a white man, not all, some but not all, we don't speak in absolutes, the black woman is using the white man not for sexual objectification, but he is a step above. He is a goal. So, and on the black man's perspective too, mm-hmm. a lot of the times, and we all know the stereotype, white women give head the best. We understand that. But there's also <laughs> another stereotype too. Mm-hmm. When a black man gets his shit together, yeah. gets money, he leaves the black woman that he was with mm-hmm. in order to step up uh, and get a white woman. Basically, so, basically the quote let, Kanye let, let West. Me, let me just let me just say this last one. And, and it's, it's about Kanye West. 
Go ahead and say it. West, when you grow up, you're going to leave your ass for a white girl. So basically what that's saying is, when you look at the context of that, white usually date for sexual gratification, sexual fetish, conquest, whether it's man or woman, and the African-American is dating the white man or woman for a stepping up, leveling up. Mm-hmm. Meaning that subconsciously they feel that that white mate is much better mm-hmm. if they get them than the actual black mate that they was with for the entire time. So when you look at it in that context, you realize that it's not all about love. This goes back generation to generation to generation dealing with slavery, dealing with the fact that the European Caucasian has made the system to be that white is superior and black is objectified. And if it's not sexually objectified or used for its athletic prowess, being the black male athlete, then it has nothing going on with itself. So, You can't talk about black and white relations without understanding where you live, the society you live in, and what is the outcome of this. Now, I see, I told you I was going to get into the history part of that. Well, you know me, man. I know you was a historian. I don't know why you tried to deny (laughs) that. Because you also, uh, you also, I also stopped you before I've gone up the other part of that whole study. Although we said, I said 86 to 88% of this, 86 to 88% of Caucasian women sexually fantasize about a black man you also have to understand there's also a good 11 percent to 15 percent of these white women will actually consider marrying them and what does that tell you that means it's more about like i said like you said a fetishization more though and let's just break it down for for the layman okay i'm down to have gutter butt sex with you but as far as building a family Uh or taking you home to my family you don't qualify black man or black woman i will also say that however you have to be able to bring something to the table on your own, which is more so on a financial level. Go deep. Because not many white women will find long-term commitment and long-term happiness with a black man who basically ain't got shit. So, if you... Okay, because there's nothing to benefit from that. There's nothing to gain. It's like you said before. There is nothing to take back to that, to their family, to their communities, and build off of. That's why you see most white women like that who say they won't marry a black man. The eleven percent or eleven to fifteen percent that won't marry a black man because most of the black men don't carry that amount of wealth. Like you said, the black community has about three percent of the wealthy in the country. Ninety-seven percent of the wealth in the country. Yes. So three percent of that is black, right? 2.6% is black. So just almost. And so, out of that 2.6%, uh-huh. only 0.1% is the people that's actually getting married now, the millennial generation. Everybody else is old. Yes. So where the so I should tell you right there, there's a limited beneficial moment for a white woman to marry a black man who doesn't have their own money so you have to be very selective of who you deal with that's how that's why they very selective of who they deal with on a regular basis so if there's a white if there's a black man that has money that has to say he's in that little percentile or in that tax bracket percentile then there's a much higher chance that they're going to be successful in marrying that white woman because more so it's about what they bring to the table. Yes. So that should tell you right there that even though a sexual desire is being filled, what are you bringing to the table? As far as the dinner table. Yes. As far as the money that you got to pay for dinner. What, in essence, is like what, you know, what you say, what we say in the hood, what your bankroll look like. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to tell you another reason why, like, the white family in the white side mm. although would have sex and you know lord lord 
probably protected sex. One of the reasons why they'll have sex and not want to marry and not want to bring that black man or black woman to their household and to their right. families is for one specific reason. This is another reason. Survival. Let me paint elaborate. the picture. Go ahead. Go ahead. Dig, dig on that one. So, if you were a white man mm-hmm. and you had a daughter, okay? Mm-hmm. Both of y'all white. <laughs> and you, you have to understand that they are the recessive trait. And it's nothing against them, but they have a recessive trait. Meaning that if they have sex with a black man, or if a black man, a white man has sex with a black woman, they are going to create a black baby. Right? Right. So, how can the survival of the white people happen if everybody all white men, all white women took these black women and these black men, brought them into their family so they can have children with them. How could how could their lineage keep on going on? It couldn't. So a lot of the times, black people may be a little bit more accepting of white coming into their family because if a black man and a white woman have sex, they're going to create a black child. Right. But they're never going to create a white child. So, you know, and I'm not taking up for white people at all. I'm not saying that. But I can understand why they would not want to take a black man or a black woman to the point where they integrate them into their family. Because that literally means you're changing the color of an entire family. Yeah. Not from white, but to black. So you got to understand a lot of this is economic and racial survival. And we don't, because we have the uh, dominant trait, we don't have that problem to think about. Because if I have sex with Jenny, the only thing I need is 20 minutes and, uh, you know, uh, Nate Dogg or, or Travis Scott CD, and I'm going to create a whole different race. I don't um, have that problem. There are, like I said, there are exceptions to that rule, case in point. Uh, Prince Harry, who married a black woman, that royal wedding that was the, like the talk of the town earlier this year. Right, she married a black woman, so apparently the royal family of England is going to have black baby, black in them. If we got on that particular subject, this will go on and on forever. That <laughs> had nothing to. That is not black and white. That is. No, I know. That is. Don't. Steer clear of that. I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> Steer clear of that. No, no, that's what that's what will be an example that we would point out. That will be an example that they will bring up. No, no, saying. no. That 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 because I don't want to even go into that. If I break that down, it, it will last for twenty to thirty minutes. That is about lineage, and that's about actually returning the royal family back into the bloodline of being royal, because all of the royal yeah. families was actually yeah. African and European black Moors. Yeah. And in order for you to be considered to be royal in the European family, you had to marry somebody of darker complexion. The kings and queens, the original kings and queens of England, Scotland, Ireland, Denmark, all of these places were black as night. The queens were black as night. It's not about them accepting somebody, but it's about them returning back into the royal threshold. Well, we like I said, we like. Yeah, you don't want to get into that one. Okay, because you know you'll go in there. But, but before we wrap up real quick, there's also an interesting point because I know that we talked about the difference between black and white, but we didn't talk about interracial dating as far as non-black and white. So, like, like, what about a black and a Latino, or a black or an Asian? or black and an Indian, sort of, so to speak. And that's mostly because, let's be honest, it's not commonplace enough. It's sort of like, these are the type of communities we just named, Mexican, Asian, Latino, uh, Indian. They tend to stay within their realm more than any other races and ethnicities. This is a cultural, not only a cultural thing, but for their understanding of their own survival, they keep in their own communities. They keep it within their own ethnicities. They keep it with their own diagram, basically. It just seemed like what you just said. It just seemed like 
black people don't understand that all of these other races have recessive traits, which mean that they can't intermingle with too many black people because yeah. it will wipe out their race. Right. So a lot of the times we get mad at wh- white people, we get mad at other races for trying to segregate themselves or trying to dominate us. But you got to understand, it's not about that. Look, look at what it really is. It's about survival. Because let's be realistic. We have the ability, and I'm, we're bragging about ourselves. Let's brag about ourselves a little bit. We have the ability to go into another race and change the entire complexity of our society. We have that ability. There's not a lot of other races that can do that. We did it before. We went into Italy and changed the entire race of Caucasians in Sicily. Yes. <laughs> now, majority of Italians who are out there have black in them. Look up Hannibal, who Hannibal was. Yes. And that and, and that's a lot of things. And that's a lot of things that in this state, uh, most whites like the Klan are fearful of that because that's the word right there. They're fearful. It's not. It's 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 all based on fear. They're fear. It's fear of the black dick. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy. <laughs> yeah. But does. a lot of this stuff that we deal with, as far as racism that we call it, is not because they hate us. It's fear of the black dick. Yeah. Another reason I'm just gonna wrap this up real quick. Okay. One of the reasons why a lot of races fear black dick, and I know I'm saying dick, but it's it's a reason why. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, Francis Cress Wilson talked about this. A woman, although if she has sex with a white man, can create a black baby, but if that white man didn't want her to have sex with him, she wouldn't. I mean, you can't put an AK-47 to a man's head and say, "Get your dick up," or "I'm gonna shoot you," because if you scare us. Our dick is not going to get up. But a black man, and I'm not talking about rape, but in all circumstances can force the situation. A man in general can force the situation of sex. That's why white men fear the black dick. Which is also a scary thing because that also brings the rape argument very much a powerful thing. So we got to be careful with that too as far as... But that you have to understand, we're talking about context yeah. Yeah, of no, why context. people want economic survival. You got to look at it. You got to listen in 3D instead of mono. You got to listen in stereo. Right. So what we're basically saying is that if you're going to date interracially, understand that there might be an undertone behind that. As a matter of fact, there's a good chance there's a majority that there is an undertone behind that. And it might not be the undertone you like. It actually goes and it stems a lot deeper than what you think. So just be aware of that. But also be aware you have the power as a black person, as us black people, we do have a tendency to change an entire race and ethnic group. Mm-hmm. We're the only, we're probably the only race that can. We're pretty much the only race of people or skin complexion that can do that. So Understand, some people might not be all for that. For survival, maybe it wouldn't be best to be dating us. So don't take it personal. No, we're not. <laughs> no, but, I mean, if, but if I you're mean, willing to come into this side, by all means, we're all about love. Hey, listen, I, I don't... Look... <laughs> Everybody has. I like black women. I'm sorry. It's not racist for me to love black women. We love black women. (laughs) I don't just love women. I like black. I've always said to myself, I'm I'm probably more like I'm more than ever in my life going to marry a black woman in my life. So I ain't worried about it. Mm -hmm. But we all got our little kinks every now and then. Black women. (laughs) So what we doing with the time, bro? We're out of time, actually. We're out of time. Yeah. So for everybody, thank you. For tuning in to this episode of the Brothers Podcast. Be sure to keep an eye out because we got some more stuff coming for you. We got more events coming for you. We got a lot of things popping up. 2019 is almost here. Almost. And it's time for us to take a step up the ladder. What does that mean? You're going to find out, but we're not going to tell you. But we're coming. Like my bro said at the beginning, I'm going to say again, shout out to all our affiliates, W-I-A-N, in Memphis, Tennessee, where we're syndicated. Shout out to iHeartRadio, where you can catch us. Shout out to Spotify. Shout out to iTunes. And one more thing. If you like what you're hearing, 
go and hit that like button. If you really love it, hit that share button. And if you're really down for the message, go and tell your mama and them. And please follow us. Oh, definitely Don't follow, follow us. us. Keep on giving these episodes. We're going to try to hit you as much new stuff as much as possible. Because you might agree with us. You might disagree with us. But the one thing you're going to do, we're going to learn from each other. And please, if you have any topics that you want us to discuss that are worthwhile, send us a message. Hit us up on the page, on the brother's page. We will go into it, we'll take a look at it, and we'll, you know, who knows? That might be our next episode topic. We're all for open discussion here. And if you have a chance, you want to chime in and have a comment on it, please. We're more than willing to have comments to be addressed on air. We appreciate all the love. We appreciate all the support. But there is an ending to everything. So like we always say that every time we end this thing. Going to bed? Oh, about two hours, man. I'm getting older. You're getting older. Man, shh. What time is it? <laughs> I might be in bed in about 35 minutes. I got one more day of work. I don't know what to talk about. Peace. We out of here.